Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't remember that name. That name is unfamiliar to me. <laughs> you and Tom Crane, you and Tom Crane don't don't know who that is. I want to act like this guy doesn't even exist. How angry on a scale of one to ten? How angry do you get? Everybody in Tennessee have those big old heads. Is that what you're saying? That's right. If we can, if we can make Dari Noka crap his pants, we've done something. <laughs> we three agree, and uh, what more? Well, that's all that. I that's mean, all I that. Feel like, right. I feel like that's the consensus. That's it. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs, so let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, two episodes this week. Take that. Take that. They said it couldn't like, be done, Daniel. I feel like you said it couldn't be done. But... I, I questioned it, Daniel. I did. <laughs> and yet here we are. Um, uh, getting an episode out on a Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, hope you are all setting yourselves up for a great weekend. Uh, and, uh, we got a great episode planned for today. Um, uh, we are mainly because uh, it's not just you and I mainly cause we're adding new blood to the system. <laughs> That's mainly the thing. We're always looking for, uh, ways to get, other voices on this podcast mostly because we hate listening to our voices and we assume if you have half a brain you also hate listening to our voices correct um i don't want to dive too deep down that hole because it only ends with me wondering why in the world anyone's listening to this in the first place (laughs) but you just did it oh but i just i just said that out loud didn't i forget everything you've heard so far Dog fans, it's not. It's not relevant. These are. Not, this is not the conversation you're looking for. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, so we we do have a guest on the show today. Real quick, before we bring that on, um, as we get into the uh, deeper into the football off season, um, there'll be you know there'll be uh, some recruiting news mm-hmm. every now and again. There will be some. Uh, hopefully not too many off-season headlines because off-season headlines are always bad. Uh, but but there'll be some more projections and some more prognostications and things of that nature that we'll be doing. We will obviously be talking about basketball as the hoop season continues and we get closer to March. I just thought of Jordan. a great off-season segment that we need connections to get this done, though. Okay, it, let's hear it. I want to know... Uh, what, what what's the campus cops? What are they called in Athens? Uh, I I don't know. Bad at their jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is this is my point. <laughs> I want I want to get like a daily log of incident reports from UG Athletics and the campus police. I, I want to know where is that? Where is somebody with a radio scanner in Athens? Just <laughs> listening to these to the campus cops try to. Stop kids from hitting golf balls into the West End. You want, you want to know every scooter violation that I happens would... <laughs> in uh, 
in Athens, Clark County. That's it's exactly just every, what I want to do. <laughs> every everyone that's everyone that stopped because of suspicious smell coming out of their car that was going three miles over the speed limit. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, uh, that's that those a, are the kind of. Is, those are the headlines that you're depressing talking about. Podcast. No, that's yeah, we don't want to do that. Those are the headlines you're talking about. Where nobody gets, everybody gets in trouble with those headlines. So, uh, hopefully, we don't have those. That being said, that just gives you a taste. Uh, that you segued perfectly into what I was saying, Clint. That for our listeners, that gives you a taste of what Clint's ideas are like. So, what I'm asking you for, from the bottom of my heart, is uh, if you have things. <laughs> That you want to hear us talk about. If you've got segment ideas, if you've got things in the off season that you would love to hear us rant and rave about, and um, and and deep dive into, uh, we would love to hear from you. We're always looking for suggestions and insights, and again, multiple voices on the show. So uh, we would love that. You can reach out to us on Twitter and let us know uh, what. Uh, some of your ideas for the show are what do you want to hear more of what do you want to hear less of and that sort of a thing so uh, that is an open call to you the listener we know that there are lots of you out there uh, so uh, let us know what do you want to hear on this podcast mm-hmm. executive producer intern michael is he, he's gone he's fallen asleep at the wheel i don't he, know what's happened to him he, he is up guys. in smoke he, he is up in smoke uh, we have put out a missing persons report. The Athens, Clark County uh, police have not responded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to us. They're busy, um, Daniel. They got they got lots of things going on to take care of, okay? A lot of things going on. Uh, but, yeah, so we, we're we in the market for all of you to band together and become the new executive producer of the Talking Dogs podcast. That's we're we're a tr- we That's are a we're true republic here, okay? We are we by really the are. people for the people, all right? We're a co-op. We're, we're the REI of podcasts, basically. Except our stuff is not ridiculously expensive. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, okay, Clint, today on the show, uh, we got our buddy Jake yeah, back on. First ever repeat guest in the history of the Talking Dogs podcast, I believe. That's, that's a big deal. Did we give Jake some sort of an award for that, or... Um, Jake, you're... Check is in the mail. We, you might notice we did not ask for your address, but don't worry about that. Check that. is in the mail. Intern executive producer Michael has is is currently writing out your check, um, and it'll be to you just whenever. We just assume that it'll get delivered uh, safe and sound. So. Uh, Jake is back on the show. He runs the UGA Hoops Fans Twitter account, which I'm sure you already follow. If you don't, you yep. should give him a follow. Um, uh, but he's in here to talk um, about the UGA basketball team. I'm going to ask him if if we should be panicking at this point because the product on the floor is not what any of us desire for it to be. No. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some some things that make us excited. We're gonna talk about some things that make us angry. Uh, and we're going to try to figure out, make heads or tails of who should be and should not be on the floor for this UJ basketball team. Uh, and we'll probably talk, uh, a little football stuff too, because I know Jake is a big football fan. He he is. 
Yeah. I'm sure it'll get sprinkled in there. You guys should well. give Jake, you should feel really sad for him. He lives uh, in Clemson territory. And so after the Natty, he's been just getting raked over the coals on that. So Can, can you imagine? No. Oh, gosh. No. It's a, it's a horrifying thought. At least he doesn't live in Florida. <laughs> for so many reasons. Thoughts, once again, thoughts and prayers to everyone who, who lives in man. Florida. T's we're, and uh, we're, we're hoping you get out sometime soon. Uh, all right. So that'll about do it for us. Um, uh, let's bring Jake on the show, and then we'll be back next week with two more episodes. Right? Yes, we will. Because that's, that's how we do it these days. That's how we roll, Daniel. Kid, new right. kid, whatever. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. It don't all right. Matter. So give, give us some things to talk about. Hit us up on Twitter and uh, enjoy our interview with Jake right now. All right. Yeah, we're all excited to welcome in back to the show our buddy Jake uh, from the UJ Who Fans Twitter account. Jake, welcome back. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's jump in. Let's talk some UGA hoops. That's what we're here to do. Um, I, I don't. I don't even know where to start. We're coming off of uh, a stretch of four games that How made been... me want to put yeah. just a, a butter knife through my eyeball. Uh, so, Jake, I need maybe I need to be talked off the ledge. So just, he does. I need Jake. You to tell he me, needs it in a bad way. Is this a time that we should pan- be panicking? Because I'm asking for a friend. I have a, I have this friend, and he is on the verge of maybe a full-blown meltdown when he watches UGA basketball games. Well, I would definitely tell your friend, um, you know, can't, you can't argue with the results. It hadn't been a great uh, great start, but... That's fair. Um, really, I think that the schedule... I mean, I hate to complain about the scheduling, but... Um, I mean, starting off at Tennessee, that's a team, unfortunately, that a lot of people think can go all the way this year. Uh, That one, I felt like that was the only game where it was just disheartening because outside of Derek, I felt like there was kind of no effort across Mm -hmm. the board. I felt like a couple calls didn't go our way in the first five minutes, and then we kind of just came unhinged in that game. Um, So that one was a little bit panicky. Uh, Auburn, I felt like, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's now the toughest place to play in the SEC, and there were spurts of you know some good ball in that game, and uh, Claxton definitely was a force. I think he had six blocks um, in addition to obviously um, doing well with points and rebounds, but uh, he he played pretty well that game, um, and I think definitely affected their big men down low, but ended up you know d- double digit loss. But that one to me was there were signs of progress. Uh, Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky, I feel like just the three-point shooting doomed this. I think we were four of twenty-seven, um, which I, I mean, I mean, games hitting four of twenty-seven from the shooting in general. We talked about at one point in that game we were shooting seventeen percent from the field, and seventeen percent. And it was disappointing the way they started. Um, I feel like it was like five dunks in a row, working the ball in. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it seemed like we were at least going to be really competitive that game. Obede was on Obede was on pace at one point to have seventy two points in the game. Sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, that did not turn out to be what happened. Yeah, that one. You know, again, 
with the new new kind of system and all that stuff, and Kentucky, I think, is kind of hitting their stride now, and I'm sure that one meant a lot to Hagen's. The you know, the, we don't we need to talk about him, but he had a great game. Um, Florida. Let's forget he ever existed. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't remember that name. That name is unfamiliar to me. <laughs> you and Tom Crane. You and Tom Crane don't don't know who that is. I want to act like this guy doesn't even exist. Yeah. Get asked about. Yeah, that, that's that's the one time we're going to see him. So um, yeah, that's the, true. That's true. And the Florida game, I mean, uh, got down early and kind of battled back, and even had the lead there uh, for a portion of the second half, uh, and just kind of. It's almost like they just don't know how to win yet. I hate to kind of use that phrase, but that, that seemed like Florida just kind of had a little bit more of a veteran presence that kind of took over. Um, and then, you know, last night with the LSU game, uh, kind of hit, hit a nice three that depending on what side of the, the wagering you were on, either mm-hmm. made night or ruined it. Um, no, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, I, I stayed away from that one, but I saw a few people got burned. But, um, you know, LSU – is a top 25 team. Uh, they got some pretty good talent. So they go on the road, and, and there was, you know, again, in that one, there were some signs of, of life. They kind of battled back from, I think, they were down 16 at one point where it would be really easy to throw in the towel. So really it sucks, um, obviously, result-wise. But I do think with the schedule easing up a bit uh, that we should start to see, you know, some wins trickle in here and there. Because uh, even though, you know, South Carolina's looking like they're yeah, I was thinking that might be two easy wins, um, but they're doing yeah. pretty well. But at the same time, they're not at the level of, you know, going at Tennessee or at Auburn. Um, that, you know, I just feel like we'll be a little bit uh, easier with the competition, um, especially if we get, you know, Texas A&M's not doing so great. Um, Arkansas is so par. So I think the wins will start to, to trickle in here or there. But the main thing is just kind of seeing progress within Crane's system a little bit more fluid. Uh, with the ball, obviously, um, obviously still need a point guard that we haven't figured that out yet. But uh, I think progress will definitely be seen in the next coming coming weeks. And that's that was my question. I had alerted you to something. Uh, I had heard this phrase, and I'm continuing to hear this phrase uh, that we have a lot of positionless players on this team, meaning we're just getting dudes out on the floor, and we don't really have hard and fast roles. We just got people hooking up shots. Uh, when you hear the phrase positionless player, what, what does that do for you? More so for me, I feel like though, like positionless players, you kind of think of big men with skills handling the ball. Uh, like Claxton definitely would be a positionless player. I mean, he takes up the court, you know, a, a lot of times, obviously. And I think Hammonds could even... Um, if his ball handling was a little bit better, he might could fit into that role because he, he can post up down low or play the wing. Um, but really, when I hear positionless player, I think of more big men that can also spread the floor, that can shoot three, that kind of thing. Um, but it does seem like, you know, with Crean's system, we do have some guys like they kind of float in and out. Like I said, Hammonds kind of can play wing and can play down low. Um, and then you got a lot of the two guards that, you know, we just don't have a point guard to kind of corral it all in and that I feel like that's really out you know hurt us a lot and yeah. it's obvious when you kind of play musical chairs of who's bringing up the ball uh, so I feel like you know positionless basketball you know it's really more about four players I feel like you still have to have that kind of quarterback um, that is the point guard that kind of gets gets the gets the ball rolling puts everything in motion and that's what we're really lacking right now 
Yeah. Yeah, don't let anybody... I feel like there are two types of positionless players. There's the good kind and the bad kind. There's the guy that can... There's the guy that can play his position plus other positions. That's Claxton. Right? That's like a... That's like a LeBron or a Kevin Durant type player that can can you can put him in multiple spots on the floor and he can be effective. And then there's the type of player that is positionless because he has the body and the makeup of one position, but he can't play it. Uh, did you I just feel like describe? We have some of those guys. Yeah. Did you describe everybody outside of Claxton, Daniel? I, I feel like we have at least a few of those guys on the team. Uh, who, or may, I mean, I think classic kind of example on this team would be Turtle Jackson, a guy uh-huh. that's been, we, we have been for four years now trying to force to play the point guard position when it's just, that's just not, he's not, it's not his skill set, which makes him the wrong kind of positionless player. Yeah. As in, he doesn't have a position yeah. on this team. Uh, so. Yeah, that's, that's, was, that was very well put. Yeah, that's the kind we're that's the kind we're looking to avoid. I think in the future, because it's not like just because Tom Crean wants to run the chance system. Don't I mean it's not like at Indiana or Marquette he didn't have point guards on the team. He didn't have guys that he wanted that guy to dribble the ball up the court every time. It's just that he doesn't have that on this team. Right. So, uh, so I maybe that brings me that kind of leads me into. Uh, I appreciate your optimism, Jake, and I will try to tell my friend to take it to heart. Uh, I don't think it's going to work, but I will give it a shot. It's just going to be a hard no but on that. Let me let me bring let me let me. I've got a few different. I've got a few statements here that I want to I want to present to you. I just want to know, as a Georgia basketball fan, how angry on a scale of one to ten? How angry do you get? when you hear the following statement, right? Clint, I would love to hear from you as well. And the first statement is related to what we were just talking about. The first statement is, we talked about last week on the podcast, Georgia is supposedly in the running uh, for the number one player in the country in in 2019. Um, We have already had two four-star players who are signed who are top 100 players, but no one that Georgia is actively recruiting or seems to have any legitimate shot at for 2019 is a point guard, which means that in 2019, the point guards on this team are going to be Tishon Hightower and Ty Fagan. How angry are you at that statement? Uh, I'll let Clint take that one first. Uh, well, you just said a name, Daniel, that I equate to Richard LeCount in football season for half the season for me, where Tayshawn Hightower, uh, bro, if you don't get another minute this season, I'm fine with. Like You, you just... Wow. Yeah, you, you're dead to me right now, Tayshawn. Ready to cut ready to cut him from the team. <laughs> <laughs> give, give somebody else, you know. Uh, Ty Fagan, you know what, hey, give me some optimism there. Um but Daniel, I, my reaction is this: If you get me guys that can shoot, uh, I don't care. We don't got somebody handling the ball. If we can score at the other end, 
it's not ideal, but just give me guys who can get buckets and can have an outside shot. And if we're recruiting a couple of kids to do that, uh, so be it that that we're stuck with, with you know, Fagan or the aforementioned dead to me Hightower. Uh, just don't let them be shooting the ball. That's that's all I'm going to say. I don't know. I I feel like as big of a deficiency as shooting is on this team, uh, point guard is the biggest deficiency on this team. I think turnovers and uh, and no one really who's able to kind of salvage a play. Yeah, uh, is is really the biggest deficiency on this team, which makes me much. Which just makes me very nervous going into next year. You know, I don't know what we've got in Ty Fagan because we haven't gotten to see him all that much. Uh, but uh, but I feel like I do know what we've got in Tishon Hightower. Oh, we know. And it's just not doing it for me. No. I just, I can't, I can't, I don't know. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I would say... That gets me. I would go with mildly angry um, because I do feel like you got to have some sense of you know who the point guard is, even if he's just mediocre, somebody that kind of can facilitate the offense consistently, bring the ball up the floor. Um, but at the same time, I know Cream knows a lot more about basketball than I do. So if he's going after you know, as you said, we got the two, and I think both of them are six six that are signed right now, um, yeah. and then potentially with. You know, the lottery pick in Anthony Edwards, which would be, you know, amazing on so many different levels um, if we were oh, able to land him. Absolutely. Um, Pro- Program-changing recruit. Um, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I can't be, you know, I guess you kind of got to trust the process. But, um, you know, I do feel that uh, you, a point guard, you know, maybe that's that's Crean is thinking that Fagan will emerge after a year in the system. I don't know. I think Hightower, to me, it looks like, and it might be, it doesn't look like he's gotten fat, but it just looked like he's gotten bigger and he's lost a step from last year. There were spurts last year where he looked like he was an attacker, um, could make a make a move to the basket, kind of set things up. But this year, just it, it has not been the same. Um, he, it looks like he's lost a step. So, I, like I say, it is a little bit concerning for me. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I'll, I'll trust Crean on this one. Two game, high tower, 14 minutes. Zero field goals, zero free throw, or two two free throws, two rebounds, one assist, three turnovers for a total of two points. Ty Fagan played the same 14 minutes as Tishon Hightower. Made uh, made one field goal, two free throws, two rebounds, one assist, one turnover. I just feel, and, and Ty Fagan was the guy when we made that run in the second half and made the game respectable again after we had basically gotten blown out in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, and then we made a run to make it the, the final score seem better than it was. Hightower was on the bench and Fagan was on the court. I, I feel like if if Ty Fagan hasn't replaced Deshaun Hightower in the starting lineup by the end of the year, I will not feel good. About go about our team going into next year yeah. in terms of point guard play. Oh, Daniel, you you nailed it right now. Uh, Hightower is averaging nineteen and a half minutes 
and Fagan's averaging little over 14 minutes a game, uh, and that needs to at least flip, uh, if not more. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, and previous clearly he's fine tinkering around with lineups. You know, we've seen, yeah. I don't know how many different starting lineups this year. Uh, you know, Atorian Willridge took what felt like the first 10 shots for Georgia at LSU somehow because that was the only offense we were getting was Atorian Willridge uh, taking shots. But he's, he's willing to start whoever. I just feel like we need Fagan to pass Hightower, I mm-hmm. feel like for this team to to feel like we're taking a step forward next year at the point guard position. Yeah. All right, statement number two. On a scale of one to ten, how angry does this make you? Tennessee is the number one team in the country. Take it, Jake. That's an 11 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just how do we live in a world where Tennessee and Rick Barnes – this is the number one team in the country. They've got a bunch of 6'4", 292-pounders on their team, and and somehow they're the number one team in the country. It's unbelievable. I, I think it's, gross is the word you're looking for. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it, especially um, after I, – I, I hate to sound like a Saints fan here, but after the refs gave – Tennessee to win at Vanderbilt. I, I was really hoping Vanderbilt could do it, and they got hit with that flagrant that pretty much sent it over time. But um, yeah, it's it's. I guess you got to be a little bit impressed with what Barnes has done, and it, it does make me a little bit hopeful because I know that his first two seasons, I believe, were losing seasons. Um, so you know, obviously, he's built something. I'm hoping Crane can build something similar. But uh, it's just it's it's disgusting because just because it's Tennessee, it's. Mm, just yeah. And it just gives Tennessee fans something to latch on to. And God knows they don't need any help yeah. finding they, something to latch on to to be obnoxious. They latch on to anything and everything. Uh, quick quick little uh, side note. Everybody in Tennessee just thinks the world of themselves, Daniel. Uh, I don't know if you were – did you see the huddle uh, where they went into the Vandy coach who said, we have five minutes to, quote, shock the world by beating Tennessee? And I thought to myself – Bro, this is a this is a regular season. Now, sure, it's a conference. You know, it's a big game, but but bro, you're not you're not shocking the world. What are you talking about? Just everybody in Tennessee have those big old heads. Is that what you're saying? Uh, quick heads up. Just a quick heads up to everybody on the Vanderbilt campus. Uh, the world is not watching. Okay. The, the world ain't watching anything you're doing. Good. So want to make sure it's impossible to shock the world when the world is oblivious to the fact that you even exist. When they don't know what state you currently reside in. Correct. Shock the SEC East might have been like a better. <laughs> right. No, that would have been fair. That would have been fair. We are going to shock the SEC Now Studio crew. That's going to come with it. Yeah. Know what to do with so. That's right. If we can, if we can make Darinoka crap his pants, we've done something. <laughs> we've done something right. Uh, quick question, Jake, and this is a, just a long-term prognostication. In three years, who is a better basketball team, Auburn or Tennessee? Uh, man, that is that is like uh, that's a tough call. Uh, I would, I would, I'd have to say Auburn. Um, 
you know, with Tennessee, I know that you, know, you think they're more like, set up for success long term. I yeah. think just the way that that Bruce kind of goes about things, which obviously some of you've been, cheat, you been cheating. Yeah, I, I don't believe yeah. some of some of the way he does things is legal, but um, I think just the way that he can build a program and and has done it before, I think they'll be a little bit more sustained. I think that Tennessee is the kind of program with Barnes um, that he's kind of been building on with some guys that you know, they'll still be consistent, but I think Auburn will be consistently um, like that. You know, top team kind of going for going for tournaments as long as Bruce is there. But Rick Barnes will, I think, they'll take a fall off, you know, here and there, but they'll still be respectable. But I'd have to go with Auburn. Yeah, I think that's an interesting. I think that's going to be an interesting question to see which of these uh, newly powerful SEC basketball schools is going to be able to sustain. Uh, and obviously, Georgia would like to become one of these powerful SC basketball schools, which we are not currently. But I think it'll be interesting over the next couple of years to see which ones can continually do it and which ones are going to be kind of one, two-year wonders and then to be gone. So, Yeah, because especially with, with Grant Williams, he'll go pro and Schofield's a senior. I feel like, you know, Barnes is the guy that has to get guys in <laughs> that'll take a few years to progress to be – like they are now, whereas Bruce, I think he can get the kind of, you know, one and done or two and done type guys in that'll make more of an immediate impact. You don't have to coach up as much. Yeah, that could be. Uh, all right, I got one more. One more statement. On a scale of one to ten, how angry are you that Amanze played four minutes last night? I'd have to say an eight. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I, I, I don't know if Clint echoes that sentiment, but but I'd go with eight. Uh, yeah, man, eight eight's a little low for me on that one. Uh, uh, your hate of of Tennessee is appropriately placed, but that is a giant oversight. I don't know how that happened. Uh, yeah, I I just feel like Amante was a guy. I mean, what did he do in those four minutes? He came in, he had every shot he took. Yep. He scored seven points in four minutes. Uh, and then, he, why was he not on the court again? Doesn't, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't really get the, it feels like we're we're trying to, continue to beat our heads against the wall instead of mix things up Mm -hmm. when clearly what we're doing is not working. I don't know. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I think that he's a guy that has come in for the most part when he's been in, you know, I think he's averaging, he can't be averaging many minutes, I think maybe five or six, Um, but he's made things happen. Uh, As you say, against LSU, I mean, seven Seven points in uh, in like four minutes is, is pretty good by my book. So I've, yeah. I just, I'm not seeing why he's not getting a little bit more more playing time. And I think he's got the skill set where you can even put him in as more of a wing almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, just do, do something to get him in the lineup. You know, if you don't want to, you know, have you know, like Claxton and Ogbeni down low or something, throw him in there. You know, go yeah. big. Try that lineup. It's like you say. I mean. Um, we're not producing wins right now, so what's it going to hurt to try that? Yeah. Just 
Makes yeah. it up to get him in there. I mean, he is averaging, you were dead on, six and a half minutes is what he's averaging a game. Uh, he is behind Rayshon and uh, Obede and Fagan for field goal percentage. Uh, he's hitting 48% of his shots. Uh, 15 of 31 from he's the shooting thirty. He's shooting 30% from three. Uh, yeah, he's, one out of every three is going down from three. Uh, that's good for, for fourth on the team. Uh, Crump, I mean, that's good for a 6'9 yeah, forward. Right. You know, like that's, that's I'll take that every day. Every day. Uh, yeah, it just feels like, I mean, again, it, it, Derek is playing serviceably. You're not going to hear me talk about how I can't wait till Derek Ogbede graduates because he is playing serviceably this year. But uh, I just feel like we got to find a way to get this kid some minutes because it, this kid and Ty Fagan are going to have to be significant contributors on next year's team. So it would be nice to see him a little bit right now. Yep. Uh, which maybe brings me, fellas, to my last question for you, which is this. It's a simple question, and yet when I tried to think about it for myself, uh, it was much more difficult than I thought it would be to come up with an answer. Who are our best five players right now? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> Uh, it's tough, I think, unfortunately, because it's tough to name more than a few good players right now uh, on this team, which is the unfortunate truth about the way that guys are playing. But if you had to go, you're the coach. You got to put a you got to put a lineup out there. Who are the five that you're going to try out there? Um, I, I feel like obviously Claxton and Hammonds are in there. Those are the only two that are like 100%. Those are games. Even mm-hmm. though Hammonds is, he still kind of disappears every now and then. He's still, you know, yeah. easily a, a starting member or starting five member. Um, right. I, I say Ogbede as well. Um, and I, know, I think he's been dealing with some kind of injury, um, which in a way makes it even more surprising that um, Nugamezi hadn't gotten more minutes. But I think yeah. that's kind of hindered him the past couple games. But like you say, I think he's been you know, definitely earning his keep. Um, but after those three, uh, which obviously you get to the guards, you get to the guards, it, it's kind of a crap shoot. <laughs> um, I, I guess you got to go Jackson, uh, just the senior. Um, and I would honestly say just from a scoring perspective, I'd put, I'd like to see Crump get a, get a chance. Mm-hmm. I know everybody dogs his defense, but he just seems like when he gets in there, um, when he, you know, obviously, like against Kentucky, I think he went like one for five from three or something like that. But I feel like he's the only guy that if he gets really hot from shooting, he can make you know a really big impact in a game. Where you know I don't think right now you know Turtle's not going to get hot, um, Harrison's going to get hot, Hightower's not going to get hot. You know, from the kind of the guard perspective, I think Crump is kind of the the guy I think should try to get a start or a cream should try to put into the starting lineup just to see what happens. Cause I think right now he's averaging close to 10 points a game, which is I believe more than any other, the one or two uh, guy, you know, the one or two spot guys. So that'd be my five. Clint, you like that or uh, you got some, you got the issues? No, I, I think your top two 
uh, is easily there. Um, I, I take, I don't know, ha- Turtle Jackson to me. I, I mean, any list where I ask for top marks and Turtle's part of it, it makes me feel real uneasy. Uh, now, I, I don't know who we're going to throw in there other than him. I like giving Crump some time. Uh, I like giving Fagan some time. If I had to go, those those kind of marginal players down there, I might drop Turtle out of the top five and think about putting in somebody like a like a Ty Fagan or, or something like that up into the starting five, get him on the floor. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be the five that I would want to run out there would be Ty Fagan because – and just to, just to see, you know, and who knows, he, he he's probably not as good right now as Jackson or, or maybe even Hightower. Yeah, that's fair. Over over a long stretch, yeah, he's that's probably good. not as good right now. But uh, but that wouldn't stop me from 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 sending him out there. Yeah, and get and getting in extended minutes. What I mean, what does the lineup look like? What if we just what if we just said, you know what, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna run turtle, we're gonna run Tyree Crump at the point. And then we're gonna put Amanze, Derek, Rayshon, and Nick all on the floor with him. And why why not? Like why can't we do that? There's three of those guys that can handle the ball fairly yeah. well. Right? There's three of those guys, four of those guys. That can shoot from outside fairly well. I feel like Hammonds could at least try to guard a wing every now and then. Uh, I don't. I feel like we should be experimenting with some of those lineups. I think Jake, you mentioned that earlier. Like, just go real big. I mean, real yeah. big. Yeah. In yeah. Some situations. I'd, I'd be totally down. Uh, down with that. Just see the uh, last night. Uh, you know, it's kind of a smaller lineup. Try it. Try a big body lineup. Try it. You know, yeah. Well, not to totally mention that, that. Not to mention the last night we were getting abused in the post. Oh, jeez. It was absolutely disgusting what LSU, the big men, were doing to us, especially in the first half. Uh, well, uh, we so. we three agree. And uh, what more? Well, that's all that. I that's mean, all I feel that. Like, right. I feel like that's a consensus. That's it. That's unanimous. So, Jake, get on the horn to all your connections and let them know that we put our heads together and we say get it done. Yeah. yeah. Just send a tweet out to Tom Crean tonight. And I'm sure I'm sure that uh, tech, when the Texas game rolls around, that's what that's the lineup we'll be looking at. Can't imagine. Uh, all right. Well, that's all I've got. Jake, you got anything else that you wanna you wanna talk about? Uh, well, I guess the the one thing that I will bring up just for you know keeping keep it positive, um, it was very nice to beat Tech. Um, I know since then it's kind of been a down downward spiral, seemingly since we hit conference play. But um, that was that was really nice that even though we're rebuilding and uh, putting in you know. A, New system, got a new head coach at Georgia Tech setup year three of uh, Josh Pastern that we can still go to Tech and win fairly easily. So that fairly I, easily. I, I do want to point that out, and that's I think what only the second time in the history of the world that we've had two classes that went undefeated against Tech. So 
Yeah, got to give him a shout out for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Texas had some decent, some decent wins since then as well. Uh, so that, that that game is definitely an important game. It's an important game to continue to solidify Atlanta recruiting. Uh, also, not basketball related, and I haven't, I haven't, we haven't talked about this off off the air at all, but. Have either of you guys seen the video of the Georgia Tech football strength and conditioning workout that's happening right now on the Twitter machine? Has anybody seen this video, or am I the only one? I haven't, Jake. Have you seen it? I haven't. Um, I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I think they're uh, they're really doing something. When you do the shuffle in the weight room, you're not screwing around. So. I mean, Georgia Tech has hired, if you've not seen the video, just go, you've, you've got to, to do yourself a favor and get on any internet-connected device that's nearest to you and find it right now. Uh, Georgia Tech has apparently hired a suburban soccer mom Zumba instructor to be their strength and conditioning coach for their football program. And uh, it, it is the most embarrassing thing. I may have ever seen. Okay, so Twitter. okay, so let me get this straight. I, I I've just pulled it up. I am watching what appears to be uh, two rows of of twenty five scholarship athletes at Georgia Tech football, football players. Football players. You couldn't you couldn't really tell that without that context. I needed to give that to you because they are doing some sort of dance shuffle. You you were right. Like I, I thought you were kind of they're, joking. I thought you were just making no, fun. They no. are literally doing Pilates. They're doing electric slide. Yeah, they yes. <laughs> That's correct. I don't and, have the and music. They're calling it they're calling it workout. And and here's the nice. by the way, uh, Georgia Tech's football strength is the the Twitter handle and this is what they say. This is the caption. Nothing wrong with working hard and having fun. Still burned extremely bad. Great day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's 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 who we that's that's what we have to fear now that Paul Johnson's gone. It's a new it's a new era of Georgia Tech football. Now they're now they're starting to get serious. Yes. Wow. So, don't don't look now. Don't sleep on them, y'all. Don't sleep. I, I just wish I could have seen Kirby's reaction when somebody showed that to him. <laughs> Kirby said, if there's not a five-star recruit on the other end of this phone, don't you hand me that phone. I don't care. I don't care what's on it. I'm not interested in seeing it. If there's not if there's not if there's not somebody who's trying to transfer out of USC and needs somewhere to go, then I don't want to talk to it. I want to see the phone. Uh, all right. Well, um, Jake. We appreciate the insight, as always. Um, uh, what's the game over the next few that you're most looking forward to? I think the Texas game uh, this weekend, you know, getting the Big 12 Challenge going. And um, I think they're beatable right now. They had a close loss to TCU that was on the road. Um, I think this one might be one we could sneak up and win. I think they're only 11-8. and eight. Um, So... Uh, it'd be be nice to get a win over them, uh, and that would be on like ESPN too. So, hopefully, this this could be hopefully one that 
one of those uh, wins that we sprinkle in here. So uh, I'm going to have to say, you know, that's a little cliche going with the next game, but I, I think Texas can be a good one for us. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm hoping. I need a win, man. I need a win. I can handle the rebuilding, but you got you got to give me a win sometime. Yeah, uh, one win's not in conference and, and doing it. So obviously this was out of conference, but a big name like Texas, uh, that'd be that'd be nice to kind of see that we're we're, we're you know getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. So hopefully that will happen yeah. all Saturday. That's great. Hopefully our hopefully our punter in that game doesn't take a knee at any point uh, before, yes. before he kicks the ball. So that's all. That's that's just what we have to that's what we have to hope in. Oh man! At least we won't do that. Uh, all right. Well, um, uh, Jake, it's been fun. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. y'all. If you don't already follow Jake on Twitter, uh, he is, uh, he runs the at UGA hoop fans. Is that it? Hoops fans or hoop fans? I don't know. Yeah, the hoops hoop fans. Yeah. Hoops fans. UGA hoops it. fans. Uh, Twitter. So, uh, get over there, give him a follow. Um, uh, and stay connected to everything that's happening around the Georgia basketball program. Uh, Jake, we appreciate the time as always, and we'll uh, we'll have you on here again sometime soon. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks as always for having me. Thanks, brother. All right, appreciate it, man.